0: This is Passion for Your Passions, a podcast about what makes life worth living.
1: I'm Krista. And I'm Julie. On this episode, we're talking about Howl's Moving Castle, which was made by Studio Ghibli.
0: With the fact that fingernails are clear, because I'm you
1: have such a problem with your fingernails. (laughs) I do.
0: Okay, so I'm growing them out.
1: Mine aren't, so I don't know why you're. Is this is a me
0: problem then? Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, not. I mean, other people have clear fingernails, and you can buff them into like clear existence. But if you look at my long nails, they're not just clear. Like, I keep trying to talk with people about my fingernail
0: problems, and then, like, they give me weird looks, and I feel bad about it, to be honest. Because <laughs> I told somebody recently, I was like, I wish I just didn't have them. And they're like, ugh. And I'm like, no, I don't mean it like that. I just mean, I wish that my fingers never had nails at all. I don't, like, wish somebody would pull them off. Yeah, that's disgusting, but, like, I just, I wish humans did not have fingers.
1: <laughs> don't want this problem in my life. I just, I hate them. Now, like, see, this is what they're supposed to look like. This is good for the viewer. Yeah. <laughs> The like, I have beautiful fingernails, so, like... yeah, yeah. Julie does
0: have model hands.
1: I do. It's really weird when my nails get too long, because I'm like, witchy vibes, and then, like, one breaks, and I'm like, fuck! <laughs> like, I was so pretty for a day. But the winter, like, this is the worst my nails look, because of the winter, like, my cuticles are dried up and stuff, and I've had to put oils on them and things. <laughs> I like <laughs> the way he just put <laughs> Yeah, this is very much a conversation that's funny in person, but... <laughs> Now I'm being very delicate about my mom gets so fucking weird about my hands. It's like I was at Red Lobster one time eating. So I'm like diving in the crab. So oil, whatever, all over my hands. And she just stops mid conversation to be like, Sometimes your hands don't even look real. And I'm like, <laughs> like eating something? Like, what <laughs> are you talking about? <laughs> well,
0: I'm trying to grow them out a little bit, and every once in a while, one of them will be clear, and it just bothers me. And then I want to cut it off, and then it repeats the cycle that I have a problem with, where I just want to cut off my entire fingernail. And I don't know if this is a problem that other people have. I think, in part, it's like an anxiety thing. I think that's part of why I do it, but, like, they have, like, a weird feeling and then it bothers me and I'm like, I can't stand feeling it. So then I'll cut them like really short and it's
1: terrible. See, I'm the, I have the opposite problem where if my nails are cut short, I get a feeling on my fingers that I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't even open a can of soda. If I cut my nails, cause I'm like, I know I don't use my nails to open it, but if I don't feel my nails while I'm opening it, I can't do it. It's <laughs> like, <this is> weird. <laughs> like, like I need that shield from my fingertips to feel comfortable. Even when I play instruments that it's like, you have to cut your fingers off, I'm like, I'm literally doing the bare minimum. So I only need, like, these two fingers, it's all it's getting cut. Because I will lose my mind, I can't open a freaking door without my nails. Like, it's just, hoo-hoo, like, just disturbs me. So wow. I got all your power, the power of you from your nails is given to me.
0: Well, speaking of Julie and her witchy nails we're talking about House Moving Castle, which does have witches in it. So, ha. Huh. <laughs> in case people didn't know, there are witches in this movie. Although it's...
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're getting into it, they are there. So,
0: House Moving Castle is a very interesting one. I think, like... So, part of the reason why we're talking about it is because I would probably categorize this as my favorite Hal Miyazaki, Studio Ghibli, whatever you want to call it, movie. I have, like... I have a couple other ones that I do like. Like, I think probably the close second one probably is Spirited Away. I do also like Princess Mononoke, although it's weird. I don't think I've seen it in so many years at this point. Um, I also have a weird fondness for Nausicaa, which for anybody out there who has not seen (laughs) Nausicaa, that is a very odd one. It is hard to recommend that movie because it's, It's pretty. That's probably, like, the best thing I would give to it. It's, like, there's scenes in the way that it's drawn. Like, there's a lot of, like, plant detail and it's cool. It is very heavily about bugs, though. So, like, eh, sometimes it's hard to recommend to people because it's, like, yeah, this is about bugs.
1: Nettero is my favorite.
0: (laughs) Yes, we talked about this. The corn. You. (laughs)
1: Because I'm a child. (laughs)
0: It's fine. But... I rewatched this movie in preparation for this, and I had a few different thoughts, and so, you know, Julie can chime in here and there. The first thing I want to talk about is the cast in this movie, and the reason why I have to talk about this is because it is just so whack. I don't understand. Okay, so I was talking with my husband about this the other day, that like, in Studio Ghibli movies, they used to get really wild people. and. What you have to understand about this is like when this would happen This wasn't so common as it is now Like now it's basically expected When you have an animated movie it's like gonna have famous people whatever But in Studio Ghibli they would like have eh, Maybe people you wouldn't really know And then just like a super famous person And it would be so weird So like for example in Nausicaa Valley of the Wind um, Shia LaBeouf (laughs) is in that movie i mean he was younger so like it's not trial buff now but he is in that movie
1: other than the cast of this movie i think my weirdest one is Ponyo, how tina fey is in pan it's i well the thing about these voice actors is that it's so unusual you don't hear them and go oh i know who that is like you're just watching it and then randomly you'll see the credits be like holy hell that was that guy and you're yeah. like I hear it now. Now, as soon as you pointed out, it's obvious. But, like, I just would never put their voice here, so I didn't even think about it. <laughs> so, I mean, just to, like, kind of
0: put this in perspective. Um, so, first of all, there's a few actors in this movie who are, like, pretty famous and, like, well regarded. So, like, old Sophie, for example, is Jean Simmons, which makes it sound like she's in Kiss. But that might not be the way you pronounce that name. Anyway... She was in Spartacus and Guys and Dolls. Like, she was, like, a fairly famous actress from, like, the 60s type of era. Okay. So, we have that. And then we get into the fact
1: that how is Christian Bale? So, it's Batman. Every time. Like, I watch it knowing it's Christian Bale. And I'm still, like, it doesn't register until the end. I'm like, yeah, that was Christian Bale the whole time. It's There's one line. I forget what it is. But,
0: I, oh, I think it's that part where, um... Like Sophie goes into his room and it's like all decayed and he's like per bird or whatever and she's like I'll help you or something he's like you can't
1: help me. Oh my god there it is. (laughs) There's Batman. (laughs) So
0: um, and of course well okay before I get to this one let's talk about the fact that um, Markle is Josh Hutcherson which is PETA which is like
1: what?
0: I mean you know at the time he was a young kid whatever but it still weirds me out. And then finally there's a the fact, which, if you don't know this one, this is pretty hard to ignore. It's that Calcifer is Billy Crystal, which hey. is, yeah, like, all part of it, Billy <laughs> Crystal. That one, to me, is the weirdest one, because I'm like, okay, the other one's whatever. Like, it's kind of hard to maybe tell it's them, but him, it's like, what?
1: why is Billy Crystal <laughs> why, is he in,
0: why is he in this movie?
1: Who paid you and how much? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I also thought it was funny, too, because the guy who's turnip head apparently is Crispin Freeman, and he was a uh, Tachi for Naruto. Hmm.
1: <laughs> I, just
0: it, I mean, he has, like, two lines. But right. I just okay. it
1: was funny. I don't even remember what he I mean... Okay. So, we got all these voice actors. What else about this movie just makes it so special to you? No.
0: Okay, so, talking about, like... The good parts of this movie for me are... Number one is probably Sophie. Like, I think that Sophie... Is one of my fam- favorite female protagonists. and probably most things. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just something about her. And I think it's... It's kind of complicated to explain. But... So just to give, like, a small premise of this movie. Because we can't, haven't really done that so far. It's, like, about a girl... She gets a curse put on her. She turns into an older woman. So, like, she spends most of this movie as, like, an 80-ish-year-old woman. And so, it's like, when she's young, Sophie, she's very, like, unconfident. Like, she doesn't really like herself. Yeah, and um, she
1: feels, like, out of place, basically, but then she's also accepted it, which is nice. Like, she doesn't feel so out of place and, like, tortured by it. She's just, nope, that's how it is. Like, that's just the world, which is a much preferred perspective, in my opinion. Because, I don't know if it's because we relate. That's kind of how we were. We were kind of like, yeah, I don't fit in. What about it? <laughs> but, I don't, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and that's more of what she does. She's just like, yeah, I don't fit in. Moving on. Like, Well, but yeah. part of what's funny about
0: it, though, is that it's like, She does better when she's, like, an older person. Like, she's like, ah, my clothes work now. You know, I, like, uh, everything suits me. And it's like, you know, I feel like more me when I'm older. And so it's funny, like, she doesn't even really, like, I think you said this before, but she doesn't even really bat an eye (laughs) at being old. Like, it's basically like, well. I'm old now. I want to go out into the wastes and go meet this wizard and fall in love, which that plot point is still very interesting that that happens. It's like, oh, yeah, you're an old woman, but I still love you. Yeah. It's okay. I'm a flamboyant guy.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty for enough for the both of us. It's fine.
0: And I think the other thing, too, like I noticed about this time when I was watching it is one of the other things that's really interesting about Sophie particularly is she's really willing to like see the good in everybody which is also like kind of strange it does it works for this movie though like I would say like in other movies I could find like this quality kind of annoying because like for example the person who puts the curse on her the witch of the waste heh witch (laughs) they like end up becoming friends at the end and it's basically because of Sophie like Sophie just like chooses to accept her essentially and it's like it's kind of weird but like that kind of just is how Sophie is like even throughout all the movie like she just kind of accepts people even if they're like flawed which
1: I don't know I just I think it it works well for Sophie. It almost brings out the best in everybody her ex- wanting the best for them in a way so I kind of liked how that works I mean towards the end that Wicked Witch is just strange. Like, she's not even... <laughs> she's not good or bad. I mean, I guess she's bad, but it's just she's just strange. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what is the logic behind your decisions, mate? <laughs> like, I don't understand.
0: <laughs> yeah, which, we'll probably get more into some of that here in a minute,
1: but... Do you have anything that you want to talk about that's good? Well, I thought you were going to talk about the art style, because, I mean, well, the one episode, we were just like, just that picture of him in his room is just like, ah... <laughs> So much I know. Going on. And I
0: don't know, so when I re-watched it, I rewatched it on HBO Max, and <clears throat> I don't know if on HBO Max they, like, remastered it, or I'm not even really sure. It's been a while since I've watched this movie, and probably last time I watched it, I watched it on, like, a straight-up DVD. But I was just, like, I was pretty blown away this time. Like, there are some scenes in that movie that are just so well-drawn. And it's kind of weird. I have kind of a weird relationship with um, Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli because I tend to like his scenery work. I don't always tend to like his people work. He has a very weird style when it comes to people, and sometimes it works for me and sometimes it doesn't. I feel that way in this movie, too. Like, there's some of the people that I like more than others. Like, I definitely think, like, Sophie works. Like, the way that they draw her and, like, the aging thing. Um, actually, even I learned um, something interesting. Is that the Sophie aging thing, they actually have, like, several different ages, like, that she'll be. Like, she's not always the super decrepit 80-year-old woman. Like, sometimes she'll go to kind of, like, a bit younger and sometimes a bit older. Like, depending on kind of, like, what her mood is, essentially. Yeah. So I just, I thought that was neat. But um, one scene, I guess I wanted to bring up in particular, and this is like a super early scene is like Sophie in the hat shop when she's like young Sophie. And they have like, basically, it's like her in the background. And there's like objects, like kind of like if you're imagining a camera, it's like where the camera would be. And they have, like, because it's focused on Sophie, it's not focused on those objects. They have the objects in the front are, like, a little blurry, like, it's out of focus. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that is so detailed and impressive. And there's so many scenes like that in here where it's, like, you'll look at it and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, a painting. Mm -hmm. It's just so good. But, yeah, the, I, I do kind of, like, the people thing sometimes is a little bit harder for me because... The people, it's it's so weird because he's so good at like sceneries and all of this stuff. He's good at buildings and, you know, or well, Studio Ghibli, I guess it's probably not all how, but um, the people are just always weird to me because the people are very simple.
1: Well, it's almost like you can't get a nose right no matter what. It's always either too detailed or not enough and it changes the shape of the, their faces. I think that's what gets me. It's always the nose. If you focus on the nose, you just get weirded out hardcore. And it's really hard not to in Hal's moving Castle, mostly because Sophie's nose, like when she's older, just takes over her face. And Hal has that bird form, so sometimes it looks like a beak. So if you just focus on noses, you're like, nobody looks human anymore. <laughs> you just get weirded out. And then Calcifer's eyeballs float around his yeah, head. Yeah, he doesn't even have a nose because they don't know how to do it. <laughs> like, it's Just just mix the noses. Like That's what you learn when you first start drawing, is you're like... Put bangs over the one eye so you can't tell they're not symmetrical, and then just like also partially cover the nose so you don't have to have dimension. <laughs> just do
0: the tiniest nose. Just
1: the tiny little like slight shadow. Because
0: <laughs> noses do suck. They do. Noses and hands and sometimes feet. Not always feet, but sometimes feet. Yeah,
1: sometimes you can get away with like just shoes or you know, just a circle with little lines of the toes curled in or whatever. <laughs> the problem with feet though is
0: like you need them to have weight. Like, you yeah. know, it's like you want them to be pushed in. And, like, sometimes that's hard to do. And it makes your foot look weird.
1: You're all ballerinas now. Yeah. Just, right on, just the right on the tiptoes. Balance. Or in boots. Yeah, or in your boots. You <laughs> never take your shoes yeah. off. Always shoes. It's like a brass doll. <laughs> you only just pop on different boots. It's
0: exactly like the nose thing. You never draw them profile. Only straight on so you can just draw a little shadow. Yeah, just a little nose. <laughs> So what about you, though? Do you have anything, like, that you want to bring up particularly about this movie? Because I think I only have one other point and it's kind of a stupid point.
1: Oh. Um. I don't, this one's more of yours. Just, like, Spirited Away, as much as I like Spirited Away, it seems to be, like, everyone else loves it more than I do. Totoro's mine, so I will have all this gushing over Totoro. But, like, with Howl's Moving Castle, it's funny that it's a love story to me. It feels like they couldn't pick a plot point, and they are more or less just like, isn't Sophie great? Let's just follow Sophie. And then it's like, well, you probably want to know about Hal, because the movie's, like, based on him. Or it's right his name, I guess. It's, like, his name. And so they add all this weird stuff about Hal, but don't actually explain hardly anything about him until the end. And even then, it's kind of like, that's really cool, but what? what's going on with everything? Yeah. <laughs> but what about everything else that's going on? Well, so...
0: If you're going to start going into the bad or the flaws, which I do have that on here,
1: I I will say before that that I love Turnip Head. I do like Turnip Head. He's... I love culcifer. Billy Crissons.
0: I do like Culcifer too. It's just, I don't know. There's something about Turnip Head. He's so cute. And it's like, it's weird because he's just like a scarecrow with like a stupid face. But I just love I love Turner
1: Pen. Yeah, I love Turner Pen, his story and then just how Sophie is with him where she's like, You idiot She's basically like you're such an idiot. Help me. Yeah. I need help. I need help. You're tall. Go. And then Turnip head sacrifices himself for
0: her. And towards the end of the movie, Sophie is kissing everybody. Yeah, she's just like, let's go! <laughs> yeah, she kisses, like, three people. It kisses
1: everything. What do you... <laughs> That's the moral of the story is just start kissing people. It'll fix a lot of problems. She's like, Hal is my true love, but I'm also
0: going to kiss Turnip head. And I don't even remember. She kisses somebody else. But, like, it's just like, okay. And then even, like, when she kisses... kiss the... the dog? Oh, she kisses Calcifer. That's okay. what it is. Which, I mean, eh, whatever. You could, whatever about that. But it
1: is just funny. It's like, Stephanie, what are you doing? <laughs> You're just kissing everybody. Do you like the feeling? <laughs> or are you just, like, testing the waters before you fully commit and how? Like, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> this is her just fully
0: coming into herself. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going to be a person who kisses, kisses fire demons,
1: turnips.
0: <laughs> Magic men. <laughs> oh, see, it's yeah. growth Because at the beginning, she says that she doesn't like turnips. Mm-hmm. That was my line, right? Pieces, yeah. My line that she, when she meets Turnip Head, she was like, hmm, your head's shaped like a turnip. I never liked turnips. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing she says to him, and then he's the greatest character. <laughs> and then she kisses him at the end.
1: She loves turnips. It's plot. That's like growth right there. <laughs> plot development. hmm Okay. So, getting into the flaws, like I said, so... For me,
0: this is kind of a weird thing. Like, I I know that this comes up a lot. I tend to critique almost everything. And I think for me, it's like, I don't know, not a coping mechanism. I'm not really sure what the word is that you would use. But it's just I recognize that there are flaws in everything. I am able and capable of seeing flaws in things that I like. So, with all of that being said, um, I think... One of the big flaws that I have for this movie, and I don't think that I realized it until I was re-watching this, I don't think I like the music. The music,
1: it's not horrible, I just don't think it works. It makes me think of music from a movie, like a music box. It, the tone isn't soft enough or loud enough. It play It's like, uneasy. The melodies are nice. The melody for Hal is lovely and i like the music that plays when they're in the garden but it, it's just the tone it's just that like it's almost like it's played on the wrong instrument or something and they just make it this harsh tone it's unnecessary so i get what you mean because people talk about the music all the time and they'll play it on these like youtube tracks and it always pops up and i'm like it's
0: it's not, like I said, it's not horrible it's just, I don't know, like there's some soundtracks that I get and like it, it really adds something and I just don't think that this one does that like it's sometimes honestly it feels inappropriate like especially that little main melody tune like there's times where it'll play it and it's like this is, uh, you need to like play this softer or I don't know, it's too much so that's one of my flaws the other big flaw I will say I have with this movie is the story is just kind of iffy and it's it's iffy for a lot of reasons because Hao Miyazaki he, he definitely likes to do this thing where like he doesn't necessarily explain like what's going on and that's fine. When you watch his movies, you do have to suspend some disbelief for sure. But the thing that's, like, kind of weird about this movie is, like, it's very focused on war, which is a, you know, a big theme for him. But I don't know if it does a good enough job of that, to be honest. Because, like, first of all, it's kind of confusing as to what the war is even about. Like, I know they give, like, a one-sentence explanation, but that's, like, the last time you ever hear about it ever again. And it just, like, it doesn't harp on it enough for you to be, like, anti-war, I guess. But then also, like, it doesn't really do the opposite, either. So it's kind of just, like, the war is happening. And that's sort of it.
1: <laughs> and Hal is against it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's, like, yeah, they're really against it, but, like, they don't really give you, like... And, you know, the the whole thing being, yeah, war is bad, okay? Yeah, I get that. But, like, they don't do a good good enough job of, like, convincing you.
1: Well, they don't even show you the victims or anything. Yeah. They make it seem more like Hal's just fighting demons, because they're talking about how the other magic users are on the opposite side or this side, and he's basically fighting like the magic users to create like an evil, even playing field. That's all you really see. You see like the weapons tech and him fighting demons. So it seems more like he's just fighting monsters than he is fighting in a war
0: (laughs) well they keep talking about like oh they're dropping bombs on people but like it's it is it's weird because like they never show anything like they never show like any repercussions of any kind like i don't know it's weird um like i said i was talking earlier about nausicaa like nausicaa does that like in nausicaa that's another one that's really anti-war and like they show it though like they'll show things and like show like how it's affecting people and like it's not graphic like i'm not talking about like oh you got to show dead bodies or like stuff like that but like it's like they don't show anything it's basically like yeah they're dropping bombs over there all the way over there way Mm -hmm. far in the the distance how's a
1: black (laughs) eagle (laughs) yeah look at (laughs) him (laughs) go kind of all right (laughs) yeah i mean as you kind of said you have to suspend this idea that everything's going to have an explanation or make sense when you're watching these movies. These movies are more about being present and just absorbing what's in front of you. But very much so. They could have just cut the whole war thing then and just made it about Sophie and, like, the Wicked Witch and how. <laughs> yeah. But they felt the need to put these random scenes of, like, oh, he's going to the capital. Or castle or whatever it's called in that movie. And they're like, yeah, this is weird. I'm not fighting in the war. What? What? Have, what? <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it just, I don't know.
0: I just wish, I've had—I've watched other movies that are like this, where they'll use, like, a war as a backdrop. And I just, like, I don't like it when it's just a backdrop. Because it's like, I want you to convince me one way or the other. Like, to be like, yeah, that this is horrible. Or this is fine. Or whatever.
1: This is a separate piece. <laughs> That's what that stupid movie did. Or that book. They're just like, I have teenage angst. There's a war going on in the background, but let's talk about my teenage angst. <laughs> that's why. That's why we don't like it. It's because it's a stupid book. <laughs> oh. A separate piece. Right. Yes, okay. A separate
0: piece. Yes, that is a terrible book.
1: <laughs> what a horrible book. I'll talk about that all day, about how horrible that book is. But that's how that works. They're just like, I'm going to push my friend out of a tree and talk about it for a whole book instead of, I don't know, the world war that's going on right now. <laughs> like... The yeah, the, thing. the
0: worst part about that book
1: was I just didn't know what the moral was. The worst part about that book is I hated that kid. Like, as soon as he pushed his friend out of a tree, I'm like, well, fuck you. And then it just never. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I think when
0: I have problems with books, that's always the problem that I have. Is like, if I hate a book, it's because, like, I'm like, I don't understand what the point of this was. And that was a separate piece. And that was also um, a Scarlet Letter. Because a Scarlet Letter sent a lot of very mixed messages. And, like, towards the end, I was like, I, what am I supposed to gain out of this? <laughs> See,
1: I can like a book that has, excuse me, that doesn't necessarily have a plot point or reason for it. I can't like a movie that doesn't, though. Like, Studio Ghibli, as we've said, it's more about living in the moment. So just watching the movie is part of living in the moment. I can accept that. But then there's other movies that I'm just like, Like the Green Knight. What was the fucking point of any of this? Like, there was nothing tangible. (laughs) Like, why? (laughs) I mean, that's basically a separate piece. Yeah. So I hate a separate piece, I guess. But I'm saying I can like a book that doesn't have a point because I didn't mind the Scarlet Letter. Did you read it? I thought you didn't read it. I skimmed it. (laughs) And then we talked about it for like a month. (laughs) The part,
0: the biggest reason why I didn't like that book, like, it could have been fine except for the ending was confusing because basically the whole time it's, like, her and this priest and they're lusting after each other, blah, 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 it's wrong, she's like an adulterer, whatever it is exactly. And then, like, it, they, like, are basically coming to terms with it and they're like, okay, we'll be together, we love each other, whatever, we'll, like, figure it out and make this work even though, you know, we did this bad thing. And then he, he, like, goes up on the stage and, like, admits what he did or something, and then he dies.
1: <laughs> and it's just, like, I... He wasn't the key to her salvation, yes, and that's what confused. you think <laughs> it should be. Men are not the answer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've helped.
0: <laughs> on the next episode, we're discussing... Movie music scores. Yeah. Hal is like secretly from Wales or something. You know how in the movie there's like the black dial Mm -hmm. thing, and they like never really explain it in the movie? In the book, it's that it's like whales.